We started last month talking about believing what God believes about you. Because, see, we believe a lot of lies about ourselves so often. You might have grown up being told that you're stupid or you're ugly or you don't matter or why aren't you like your sister or why aren't you like your brother or you might have compared yourself like I did. I had a, a girl that would get on the school bus every day and her name was Helen. <clears throat> and she was everything I ever wanted to be. She had a beautiful red hair. It was real, genuine, not like this, but it was real red hair. And, and it was very long and straight and thick. And every day she got on the bus and she had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And it was real thick, a thick layer of peanut butter and a thick layer of strawberry jam. I remember this so clearly because I was a chubby little girl. And I remember thinking, if I could just eat like that. And I was six years old, six years old. But I compared myself with Helen. I compared my family with her. She was an only child and I'm one of four. And she just was lavished and just, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side, right, until it has to be mowed. And then I lived across the street from a family. There were three daughters. And I will never, ever forget this family because her mother was the proverbial, her name was Marjorie, and her mother was the proverbial, now you have to be my generation, but how many of you, there's not too many of you my age and older, but those of you who are, you remember Donna Reed, right? Raise your hand if you remember Donna Reed or June Cleaver. Beaver's mother, right? Yes. And you need to watch it if you've never watched it. And they, they vacuumed with high heels on, right? And a freshly ironed dress that was nice and crisp and pearls. Got to wear pearls. And, and uh, they were just always perfect, perfectly coiffed, perfectly made up, the perfect wife, the perfect mother. Everything was perfect. Well, this family was that family in real life, at least to me and she made all of her daughter's clothes she had a little sewing room and she made everything and the clothes were perfect the, the girls always looked beautiful and I was just the wallflower and I thought oh if I just had this kind of family my life would be perfect now I don't know what happened to the oldest daughter but I do know that the second born became very new age, unfriended me on Facebook because I would post scriptures, and always talked about, I don't know, all this, uh, I, I just can't even repeat it, it was ridiculous. And uh, so she always, you know, really got into false doctrine. And then the youngest, that was my BFF growing up, she became a drug addict, uh, ended up having a tragic accident. So here's what I'm saying to you. Don't be looking to the right and to the left. The Bible says make straight paths for your feet. Be who you are. Be who you are. And thank God for who you are. And look in the mirror and say, this is what God believes about me. And be say the word of God. Well, I don't know the word of God. This is a Bible. It is God's word. It has changed my life. It is your mirror. Get in the Word of God next week, starting next week. We're going to look at a lot of the Psalms. Because see, David, who was the giant slayer, he was so honest with God. I mean, he would even say things like, well, you know, why have you forgotten me? Where are you? And it's interesting because he would start his Psalms like that and end praising the Lord. 
You see, the Lord isn't threatened by our questions. He doesn't get insecure. And he knows it anyway. So get, take your fig leaf off. Hebrews 12 says we're all naked and laid bare before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And be you. Be who you are. We had a chosen called chosen to be you. In Hebrews 10.25, I'm going to read to you. This is why I bought, you know, a lot of times I have these scriptures typed out, and then I go, oh, I should have done this, I should have done that. So I actually like to read the actual real Bible. I do use my phone. But I still like the real Bible, and I still like to underline, and I still like to highlight. And uh, I think I've told you the story about one time I left my, my Bible in the bookstore. This was way back when we were on San Pedro. And I was like desperate. I needed my Bible. And so when I went to get it, the lady that ran the cash register said, Sandy, I, I couldn't help myself. I bought highlighters. And everything you had highlighted in green, I highlighted in green. If it was highlighted in pink, I used pink. Blue, I used blue. I went through the whole Bible. I highlighted everything the way you did. And I just stood there and stared at her. And I said, I use whatever I have available. And it crushed her, but, but she got to highlight a lot of scripture. All right, so Hebrews 10 and verse 25 says this. So now we must cling tightly to the hope that lives within us. Knowing that God always, say always, always. keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others, to motivate them toward acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This, listen to me, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing, because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently eager to encourage and urge each other toward onward as we anticipate that day dawning. So, see, I hear people go, oh, I'll just stay home and live stream. And it's fine to live stream when you're out of town or if something is happening that you just can't get out of the house. But let's face it, that's rare. The Bible says to not neglect assembling together. Why? Because we encourage one another to love and to good deeds. So don't form the habit of, now I'm preaching to the choir because you're here. It is so important for us to assemble, so, so important, and it's very biblical. So we're talking about, I believe, what God believes about me, and in order to do this, you have to have a mindset, and in order to have that mindset, here's where your mind should be set. Listen to me carefully. I'm going to read you scriptures, and I'm going to prove to you that the only way you can know the Father is to know Jesus. If you want to know the perfect will of God for your life, listen to me. I want every ear listening and listening loud. If you want to know the character of the Father, all you have to do is look at Jesus, who he was when he walked the earth and still is, what he did when he walked the earth and is still doing. Jesus Christ the same today, yesterday, and forever. I declared with a group yesterday, and I believe this with all of my heart and soul, that the day is coming, and I believe coming rapidly, that believers will walk so healed and well, that the people going to the physicians are going to be the world, 
And we are going to walk as the healers and surround our doctors as they proceed to help people. When the children of Israel came out of Israel in the wilderness, there was not one feeble among them. Amen. Their shoes did not wear out. Why? They had eaten of the lamb, representing Christ, our Passover lamb, sacrificed for us. We have that same privilege and responsibility to partake of the Lamb of God, hopefully on a daily basis. I took communion before I came here. If you don't know what on earth is she talking about, go to the bookstore and ask for my CD on communion. There's very few things I love to do more than partake of the Lord's Supper. When Jesus Christ himself offered, take, eat, this is my body, take, drink, this is the cup that ratifies the new covenants. Do this in remembrance of me. The Bible is full of remember, 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 remember. Not the bad things, but remember what he did for us. And so today, I don't care if you had a good dad, a bad dad, a sweet dad, a mean dad, an abusive dad, a gentle dad, an absentee dad, or a present dad. It doesn't make one bit of difference because no matter who or what your dad is or was, he cannot compare to the father cannot compare to the Father. And the only way to know the Father is to know the Son. So I'm just going to prove to you from the Word of God time and time again that what I'm saying to you is true. Because I never want you to believe me as Sandy Ross. I want you to believe me based on the solid evidence of the Word of God. So right now, make a decision. I'm going to put who and what my father is, did, said, was behind me. And I'm going to look at one father, and I'm going to see one father, Father God, through the Son, to convince you in, in, with an irrefutable knowledge, you cannot doubt what the will of God is for our lives as believers. All right, you ready? Now, let me just tell you, my view of the Father for many years, because of two things, my religious upbringing which was a God with a baseball bat that was ready to strike me out the minute I did something wrong. That is what the church I attended taught. No lie. He was, he was just ready, man, I crossed that line, and I was done. And then before my dad was born again, once he was born again, he was the sweetest, kindest, most loving man on earth. Anybody in this room that knew him will tell you that. He was a sweetheart extraordinaire. But before he was born again, he was a mean person because he had a mean, absentee, wicked, gangster father. He had been very hurt and very wounded, and it's no secret that hurt and wounded people hurt and wound people. And, and we were the recipient of that. By the time my dad was born again, I was well in my 20s. I had two children at that time, and I'll never forget. I remember where I was. I had walked into the bedroom in the house we lived in, and I was in front of the bed, and uh, to the right of me was the etagere, and I heard what was almost an audible voice from heaven, literally. And he said, rejoice, this day your father is born again. And I, what I didn't know is he was having lunch with someone I do not know. 
Never met him, never heard about him again. As far as I know, he was an angel. I, I don't have a clue. And he led my father to the Lord at lunch that day. And from that point on, he was a new creation, literal new creation. So let me prove to you who Father God is based on Jesus. John 1, 1 and verse 14. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God and the Word, Jesus. Jesus and the Word are one. This book is not about somebody. This book is somebody. And the Word was God himself. So everything Jesus did on the earth represented the nature and character of God himself. And the word Christ became flesh and he tabernacled. He fixed his tent of flesh. He lived a while among us and we actually saw his glory. Such glory as an only begotten son receives from his father. How did we behold his glory? Through all of his goodness, through all of his miracles, through all of the works he did while he walked on this earth. He was full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. I just had a dear lady from Dallas say they were here in November when I talked about the favor of God, and she said they were driving back to Dallas. I mean, don't tell me you can't endure 281 and Marshall Road. These people drove from Dallas. <laughs> and driving back, they stopped at, I think she said, an olive garden for lunch, and they're confessing the favor of God. We have the favor of God. We are favored by God. And the table next to them bought their lunch. Somebody they don't even know. Amen. You see, when favor follows you, people want to do things for you. They can't help themselves. I always hear about how rude people are and how rude the young people are. Let me tell you something. I have the millennials, God help us, open doors for me. Call me ma'am. Go out of their way to serve me. Pour their heart out to me. I mean, I can be in line at the grocery store, and I know the person's whole life before I leave the checkout lane. <laughs> Why? When you have a favor shield around you, people want to grasp you. They may not know why, but they do, because they are starving for somebody to love them. John 4:34. Jesus said to them, my food, listen, is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish and completely finish his work. What did he do? He healed, he delivered, he provided. I mean, this man, Jesus, fed 12 men and clothed them for three years with no job. Good luck. Well, how did he do that? Well, you see, there was this caravan that we know as the three wise men, and there weren't three, I mean, study history. They traveled in big multitudes. And they brought him some little trinkets called gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, I like essential oils, and I don't know if any of you use essential oils, but I'll tell you what, you could buy a little bottle this big of frankincense. It is $85. And they bought him barrels, and they brought him gold. I mean, I bet you it could have filled Fort Knox. His garment was so expensive. I mean, you can forget Gucci and Armani and Prada, and we all know the devil wears Prada. But let me tell you, Jesus' garment was so expensive that the soldiers at the cross gambled for who would get it. What a savior. Oh, wait a minute. 
I came to do the will of him who sent me and to completely finish his work. John 5, 19 and 30. Jesus said, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, the Son is able to do nothing of himself, but is able to do only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does is what the Son does in the same way. The Father heals, the Son heals. The Father delivers, the Son delivers. The Father provides, the Son provides. Read the Gospels. This is not rocket science. It's Bible 101. As the voice comes to me, so I give a decision. My judgment is just because I do not seek or consult my own will. I have no desire to do what pleases me, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. Now that should settle right there if it's God's will to heal. Excuse me, I'm going to read that again. I only do the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. You know what? Ladies, it's time to roar like a lion. It's time to rise up and decree and declare. I just finished a series on decreeing. If you haven't heard it, you need to get it. Well, I don't have a CD player. Go to Walmart. They have them. They're really cheap. John 6, 38. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will and purpose, but to do the will and purpose of him who sent me. John 8, 28 and 29. I can do nothing of myself on my own accord or authority, but I say exactly what the Father has taught me. And he who sent me is ever with me. My Father has not left me alone, for I always do what pleases him. John 10, 30. I and the Father are one. John 12, 49 and 50. I have never spoken on my own authority or my own accord, but the Father who sent me has given me orders concerning what to say and what to tell. And I know that his commandment means eternal life. Whatever I speak, I'm saying exactly what the Father told me to say. How can you deny who the Father is? Look at Jesus. John 14, 10 and 31. The Father who lives in me does his works, his own miracles and deeds of power. But Satan is coming, and I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know and be convinced that I love the Father, and I only do what the Father has instructed me to do. I act in full agreement with his orders. But he said, Satan is coming. What is Satan's job? Still, kill, destroy. I'm going to tell you how to get free from that in just a minute. Straight from the Word of God. John 15, 10. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love and live in it, just as I've obeyed my Father's commandments, and I live in His love. 1 Corinthians 8, 6. There is only one God, the Father, who is the source of all things, and for whom we have life. And there is one Lord Jesus Christ, through and by whom are all things, and through and by whom we exist. And so God the Son carried out the will of God the Father. How can you deny the goodness of God when repeatedly, and this is just some of them, repeatedly Jesus said I only do what the Father does everything I see him doing I do I only say what the Father says I only speak what I hear the Father saying how can you deny how good the Father is how can you deny the nature of God here's the biggie Hebrews 1 1 through 3 in many ways 
each of which set forth a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers in and by the prophets. But in these last days he has spoken to us in the person of a son, whom he appointed heir and lawful owner of all things, and by and through whom he created the world and the reaches of space and the ages of time. He, Jesus, listen, is the sole expression of the divine glory of God. He is the perfect imprint, the very image of God's nature. He upholds and maintains and guides and propels the universe by his mighty word of power. And when he'd offered himself, accomplishing our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. How can you deny Jesus, the perfect imprint of the Father, the sole expression of the nature of God? There is no doubt in my mind, there is no doubt in my heart that I know the will of God for my life based on the works and words of Jesus Christ when he walked this earth, that that is the will of heaven. But what did he say to pray? Got to pray it down. Pray like this. Say with me if you know it. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. You know, somehow, whenever you go to a funeral, the congregation says, I look around at people that I know are unbelievers. Did you know they can say the Lord's Prayer? God is extending his perfect mercy to us. But he said, you got, you've got to pull it down. You've got to pray, my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I do. So, if I'm resting, he's working, but if I'm working to earn his promises and his grace and his favor, well, then he's resting. Untie his hands. Untie his hands today. So, we're going to spend the next few minutes praying, uh, looking at Psalm 103, portions of it, and then we're going to act on the Word of God. Probably most of you know Psalm 103. If you know it, say it with me. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of my iniquities, who heals all of my diseases, who redeems my life from the pit and destruction, who crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies my mouth with good so that what? My youth is renewed like the eagles. Let's study that for a moment. This should be enough to change your life. Now I'm looking at the Amplified Classic right now. And so I'm going to um, just tell you some things I've learned because I like to study the Word of God, and then I'm going to read you a powerful, powerful footnote. First of all, that Hebrew word bless is an act of adoration. So I am blessing the Lord with what? My soul. What is my soul? My soul is my mind, not my brain, my mind. When I die, my brain dies, but my mind will still be with me. So I bless the Lord with my mind by an act of my will and with all of my emotions. This is something we are commanded to do. That word bless in the Hebrew literally means to kneel. So there's nothing wrong with kneeling before the Lord. 
And the, the word soul, the Hebrew word is a breathing creature, and it means to breathe and refresh yourself in the Lord with your mind, will, and emotions. And then it says to not forget his benefits. Now, this is where it gets extremely powerful. That word forget means to mislay, to be oblivious from want of memory or attention, to forget. How often do we mislay or become oblivious? You get a symptom in your body. The first thing you do is think, I'm sick. Oh, no, 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 no. God's word says, don't forget. The Passion Translation says, how could I ever forget the miracles of kindness you've done for me? So instead of letting your symptoms talk to you, how about talking to your symptoms? Symptom. He heals all of my diseases. I challenge you to do something. Get yourself a Strong's Concordance. Get yourself a Brown Driver's Briggs. Get whatever you need that translates. Get yourself a Merriam-Webster Dictionary or just get an app on your phone. And guess what all means in everything you can look up? It means all. That's why the Amplified Classic says that he heals each one of all of my diseases. He forgives each one of all of my iniquities. But listen, so don't forget it. Don't mislay it. Don't be oblivious to what he's done. And here's my favorite part. What does it tell you to not forget his benefits? The Hebrew word benefit, this is very exciting, means treatment to treat a person well. Don't forget how Father God treats you. Oh, but I've had all these bad things happen to me. I had someone say to me yesterday, my life is hell. Well, if you say so. <laughs> if that's your confession, enjoy hell. But my Bible says in Deuteronomy 111 that I can have days of heaven on earth. Amen. And I'm telling you I do. I live in a home of peace. I have a husband that looks forward to coming home to me every single night. We both walk in the door. Jennifer, you need your foot to grow. Where are you? Because I want your shoes. Yeah. But a lot lower, sweetie. None of these four-inch heels for me. But you know what? We still walk in the door and click our heels and say, there's no place like home. My home's not a hell hole, it's a heaven hole. Amen. Forget not, not one of all of his benefits. Don't forget that God treats me well. Okay, how does he treat me well? Number one, he forgives each one of all of my iniquities. Iniquities are the things you inherit from your ancestors that cause you to be crooked toward a, a certain direction. You might from, see from your children from early on that they have a root of rejection. Well, where did they get that from generationally? They might have a root of fear. You know, children are only born with, with one fear, and that's the fear of falling and loud noises. You know, when you do to a baby, they do this. They don't have all the other fears. Our four-year-old granddaughter, we all have to watch her like a hawk because, I mean, she'll just, she just, she doesn't have a fear. She wasn't born with it. But you know what? It can go right through the generational lines. That abandonment, depression, what happened? That it came, it was crooked. It went right through the generational lines. My Bible says that the Father, the, the way he treats me, he forgives each one of all of my iniquities. 
In Isaiah 53, 5, it says he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities and that the punishment for my peace fell upon him. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart. Ephesians 1, 7 says we are redeemed, delivered, and saved through his blood, the remission of our sins in accordance with the generosity of his gracious favor. Colossians 1, 14, we have redemption through his blood, which is the forgiveness of our sins. What else is his benefit? He heals each one of all of our diseases. That Hebrew word heals is the word rafa. It means to mend, to cure, a physician to make thoroughly whole. What does the word disease mean? Well, it means to be sick or diseased. I don't think that's rocket science. He's telling his soul, bless the Lord, adore the Lord, because he heals each one of all of your diseases, the diseases of your soul and the diseases of your body. You know what? I believe God. I believe those are illegitimate intruders. Oh, but you don't know what I've done. No, but I know what Jesus did. That's what I know. You listen to me carefully. I know what Jesus did. And the minute I get in to having to earn my healing, now you ought to do your part. You ought to take care of your body. You got to put on your own oxygen mask first. This is a gift. But for heaven's sake, he doesn't heal us because we deserve it. He heals us because he loves us. It's his benefit. And I am determined that we will have the confession. And the confession is this, no resident in my land says I am sick. And Isaiah says, the people who dwell in Zion are forgiven their iniquity. So those things that were passed through the generations, oh, my mother had this. Oh, my father had high blood pressure. Oh, cancer runs in the family. Don't you ever say that. You're a new line in Jesus Christ. And if you don't know him, you come up here today when we pray and you get born again. You just say, Jesus, forgive me for all my sins. I give my life to you. It's not hard. But don't be talking about all the bad that runs through your family. Health runs in my family. That's my confession. Well, what about, though, oh, well, you know, they got the flu. or they? Okay. Well, are we just going to sit back or are we going to fight? If it's, listen, if you think sickness is the will of God for you, do me a favor. Please don't go to the doctor. Because you are violating the will of God. Right? I mean, why would you go to the doctor if you believe that this is the will of God? If you believe God gave it to you, keep it. I don't want to get rid of anything he gave me. But I don't believe that something that can cost me thousands and thousands of dollars out of my pocket takes a lot of my time and keeps me in bed and keeps me from fulfilling the will of God on my life. It's okay to stay there. No, I'm going to fight. We have this precious sister here today that just fought a valiant battle with cancer. And, she, and you know what? It was, it was hard. It was rough. But she's been, well, they declared in remission. I declare she's healed. Because I'm going to agree. I'm going to believe what God says, right? And she's beautiful and gorgeous. And she doesn't smell like smoke. I hugged her today. I can tell you, she doesn't smell like smoke. <laughs> Heather, stand up and show everyone how beautiful you are. Look at her. Isn't she gorgeous? Just extend your hand toward her and say, God, thank God she's healed. Amen. 
and it will never come back in the name of Jesus. And you're not passing it on to your children. Because you are regened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let's rise up. Stop making your back like the ground. Oh my God, my mother had this. Well, I really don't care what your mother had. I mean, I care. It's not that I don't care about your mother. But I am going to bless the Lord, and I am not going to forget that he heals all of my diseases. He's my physician. He's my cure. He makes me whole. Psalm 30. I have to tell you, this is my favorite. One of my favorites, at least. Psalm 31 through 3, the passion. If this does not excite you, you are not excitable. Lord, I will exalt you and lift you on high, for you have lifted me up on high. Over all my boasting, gloating enemies, you made me to triumph. Oh, Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle, and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below, and now here I am, alive and well and fully restored. Get on your feet right now. I want you to say this. Come on, get on your feet. And say this with me, oh Lord, my healing God, I cried out for a miracle, and you healed me. You brought me back from the brink of death, from the depths below, and now here I am, alive and well and fully restored. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. And Luke... 848 in the message paraphrase he told the woman with the issue of blood I love this he said you took a risk of faith and now you're alive and well and fully restored he said be healed be well I love it some you know what the risk of faith is believing the word of God over how we feel and over the bad report And I'm just telling you right now, don't you let the devil throw a bad report in your face. You fight with everything in you. All right. Next. What benefit? How does he treat us? He redeems your life from the pit and destruction. Psalm 40, 1 and 2. He drew me up out of the horrible pit, a pit of tumult and destruction, and he set my feet upon a rock, and he put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will hear it. Many will hear it. Sing your song of praise. Heather, you sing your song of praise to the Lord. All of you, sing your song of praise to the Lord. Let many hear it. He's going to bring your life out of the pit. That's his benefit. That's how Father treats his people through Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus has bought us back. Redeem means to buy back from the pit of destruction. Who destroys the thief? Listen, if it destroys you, it's not God. Hello? If it's something to destroy you, you know, the big thing now is superbugs. The big thing now is mycotoxins. The big thing now is all these weird viruses that all of a sudden, where do you think they came from? So now we have this new coronavirus. Where did it come from? It came from the pit of hell. My Bible says he redeems your life from the pit. And they're going, don't be, you know, it hasn't, it hasn't entered 
the, you know, it's not a problem yet in the United States. Well, when you hear that on the news, you stand up and you just put your hand out and say, in the name of Jesus, you will not come to my nation. Don't just sit back and go, oh. I was sitting next to a physician at, at something the other night. He was telling me all about how bad it is and how it gives you cardiomyopathy and um, uh, respiratory acute distress and they have to intubate you. And I'm just sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And his wife was going, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. What happens when you hear bad reports? Well, you forget. You forget his benefits. No, my God, my Father, my Savior redeems my life from the pit and destruction. And then what does he do? He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Next month, we're going to be talking about the hesed of God, the loving kindness of God. I think that's next month. Wait a minute. I don't want to tell you wrong. No, it's in April, but we'll get there. You'll be, you'll be very, very blessed. That word crown, don't ever forget it. It means to encircle you. My life is circled with loving kindness and tender mercy. I think that's pretty awesome. Psalm 6511 says, You crown my year with your bounty and goodness, and the tracks of your chariot wheels drip with fatness. I love it. And then finally, and then we're going to pray. Come on, this has got to be your favorite. You satisfy my mouth with good at my personal age and necessity so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I like to tell this story every chance I get when I was 35 years old. A woman named Kimberly Skeins, who was a prophet, walked into our meeting, and she looked right at me. She walked right in front of me, and she pointed her finger at me. She said, the Lord told me this morning to tell you this. You will be young until the day you die at a very old age. Well, actually, it was you will be young until the day you die. And then the Lord added at a very old age. And, and you know what? I thought at the time, I thought that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I'm 35 years old. <laughs> Except now I'm 66 years old. I was sitting at this dinner party and um, I, I was saying that my granddaughter, my oldest grandchild, um, my 18-year-old is going to be graduating in May, boo-hoo, and, and uh, someone from another city looked at me and she goes, wow, you must have been really young when she was born. I said, I was, I was 48. <laughs> and uh, I said, but here's the bad part. My youngest, who is four, I'll be 80 when she graduates. And then I just said, I, I need a facelift. <laughs> And I, which I'm not going to do because, you know, my prayer is that I will grow old gracefully. And that's what I want to do. Because, see, my Bible says that he'll renew my youth like the eagles. But you know how an eagle gets its youth renewed when it gets old? It goes up to the highest rock. It gets into the sun. It pulls off everything old, plucks its feathers out, rubs its talons down, hammers its beak and stays on that high place until its feathers grow back, its beak grows back and sharpens again, and its talons are new, and then it soars. How does he renew your youth? In his presence.
in his presence. In his presence, there is fullness of joy. But I want to read to you, and then we're going to quit, because this is, this is the most exciting thing to me in the whole world. And by the way, that word renew in the Hebrew means to be new, rebuild, and repair. And that word youth means the state of young people. Young people. You satisfy my every desire with good things. You've supercharged my life so that I can soar again. See, we're used to supercharging, right? Because we supersize junk. But God doesn't give junk. He supercharges our life with good things. Listen to this. This is so magnificent. The Hebrew text is somewhat difficult to understand. It literally says, who satisfies with good ornaments. Now, I've shared a lot about my childhood, but what I love the most about this is when I see ornaments, I think of Christmas. And Christmas is my favorite time of year because when I was a child, my dad, whom I was afraid of at the time, was happy at Christmas. And we got one present we always just got one present, and I was one of the original last latchkey kids. My sisters were in, I guess, I don't think it was called daycare in those days. I think it was called nursery. And But the bus would drop me off, and I would go in, and I would be by myself a couple of hours. So at Christmas, I would get inside the house, and I would turn on the Christmas tree. And see, I'm nine years older than my youngest sisters who are twins, and I'm a little bit over five years older than my second-born sister. And so I was the only one old enough to stay alone. And so I would go in the house, and I perfected opening my one present. And every day, I would open my present, and I would look at it, and I would be so excited that on Christmas Day, I, I would get it. And one year, I opened my present, and it was this beautiful, beautiful gold watch. By then, I was a very young teenager, and it had a multifaceted, really thick crystal. I still remember that watch. I can see it very clearly, and every day. And sometimes I would open it two and three times in the same day <laughs> just to look at this beautiful watch I was going to get because it was going to be my ornament. And I was satisfied but that doesn't compare to the beautiful gift that the Father has given us in Jesus Christ with all of these benefits that we are not to lay aside. Listen to me. Don't give in to old age. And when anybody says on you, well, that just happens when you get old. <laughs> Say, well, God renews my youth. I mean, you should see the face of a medical professional when I say that to them. <laughs> oh, that's what happens when you get old. Not me. God renews my youth like the eagles. I'm strong, overcoming, and soaring. Now I have to do my part. God might show you things to do. I was having um, uh, me and, and the, my three sisters have a, a slight curve in our spine. And, you know, I've never given in to it. I go to a chiropractor regularly. He's great. I mean, I take care of myself. But, you know, one thing I was told to do that I was not doing, because, I mean, I, then I would ache in my back. And I wasn't giving in to it, but it was just annoying. And then I remembered, you were told to roll out your back. You know, you get those foam rollers. Well, I wasn't doing my part, so I started rolling out my back, and guess what? Vanished. 
No discomfort, not an ache. So what I'm saying is use wisdom. God might say, stop eating this. Maybe, the, maybe something you're eating is causing all that congestion all the time. There might be things in the natural realm he tells you to do. Just do it. Just obey him. You know why? Father knows best. Okay, so now we're going to pray. Just where you are. If you struggle with guilt and condemnation, I mean, you have a really hard time receiving from God because you always feel accused by the accuser. I want you to stand up right where you are. This is a safe place. Come on. We're going to remember his benefits together. Stand up right where you are. I'm not asking you to come forward. It's okay. Perfectly okay. There's no shame on you. I used to be right where you are. All right. So let's pray. I want you to say this with me. Lord, from this day forth, I call to mind your benefit. I bless you, Lord. You forgive each one of all of my iniquities. You cleanse me with your blood and you see me as blameless, faultless, holy, and pure. And that's what I am in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Keep your confession. Keep every day. I wake up. That's one of the first things I hear. Lord, I bless you. And I'll, before I get out of bed, I will say Psalm 103. All right. You have disease in your body or sickness or someone you hold very dear. Stand up on your feet. Let's remember his benefit. Come on. I expect most of this auditorium to be standing. Say this with me. Lord, I bless you. All that is within me. I bless your holy name. And I remember all of your benefits. Thank you, Lord. You heal. Cure. You are my physician. Each one of all of my diseases. That's how you treat me. That's how you treat my family. I thank you for it. And I will not forget again your healing benefit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you're in the pit today, you're depressed, you're discouraged, you're perplexed, you're wondering, you don't understand. God, when is this going to stop? I'm under attack. Stand up on your feet right now. See, it's okay, because you know what? It might be you next month. Lord, I bless you. I bring to my mind all of your benefits. You have purchased me with your blood, and I am bought back from the pit and from destruction. Enemy, I rebuke you. You are not part of my life. In the name of Jesus, I bind every stronghold railed against me and my family. And I'll never forget what Jesus did for me. 
I am redeemed from all destruction. And from this day on, I remember. Amen. Amen. Everybody stand up. Who doesn't need to be encircled? Lord, I bless you. And I have a new vision today. There is a circle around my life of love, kindness, and tender mercy. Now, right now, I want you to see yourself and just as a prophetic act, step into that circle of light. Right now, just do it. And you know how you see a continuum? See a continuum of love, kindness, and tender mercy. That's what encircles you. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord. Don't forget it. You may be seated. I want everyone over 50 to stand up. If you're over 50. Young people, you're going to be there. Young people, stretch out your hands. Say with me, Lord, I bless you. Forgive me where I have forgotten that you treat me well. Even in my senior years, I remember your benefit. You renew my youth. You treat me with ornaments. I am strong. I am overcoming. I am soaring. And I will be young until the day I die at a very old age. And I will not die until I am satisfied with life in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.